0: Dear Church Podcast. Well, we're all pretty good friends here. Um, We've gotten to know each other better. This is, uh, as we say, the first time that we've really met Martin Wickens in person, but uh, spent enough time, you know, putting these podcasts together that uh, you guys are starting to rub off on me a little bit. I'm starting to become a little bit of a bulldog. Are you? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's not too late to turn around. It's not. <laughs> what I really need to do is get some of Tom's wisdom, though, and you know his writing prowess and that kind of thing. So, I think can so. I just say but that, something. That will
1: come with gray in your beard.
0: you know. Baby. I have gray in my beard. I'm 33, and people are like, "Whoa, I, hey man, what's going on there?" I did notice that. Yeah, I, and the longer it, you know it gets, if I don't keep it trimmed, then
2: then it really looks gray. I need to put something out there so everyone just knows that. My Polish heritage means that if I insult you, I love you. So if I ever insult any of my fellow podcasters, it's just out of pure respect and love. Wasn't that in the Sermon on the Mount? <laughs> no. Right? Is that what it was? Somebody I know might
0: have wrote a book on the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Who was that? Yeah. Website? Anybody? The only thing <laughs> that I will say, though, is I'm, I'm really trying to refrain from allowing Martin's accent to rub off on me because I'm very impressionable and I start talking like the people around me. It's the way we'll talk
2: in heaven. <laughs> well, I will say, I did get you to talk with a Southern accent yesterday. So that's, that was hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty epic. I kind of wish rather than just podcasting, we actually did like YouTube as well because my hair is on point today. So oh I just want to point that out. Except for this one right at the back. You can't see it,
1: but it's like, <laughs> no, not no it's not. Than- and by like- the
2: way, just disclaimer the whole on point thing, it's something the young people say. So if it's bad, I apologize. I don't think it is. I don't think it is either, but no, but, but you just assume it is because young people say it. Okay. I see how it is. Yeah.
3: Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. It's gonna be yeah. a long episode. It is. <laughs> well
0: but really though, you know, you are you are who you hang around, right? You know, I mean that's that the same. Is true. Show me your yeah. friends, I'll show you your future, show you your destiny, you know, and, and today we wanna talk about the important subject of who we allow to influence our lives, who we allow to influence our lives. Um, I would assume that all of us have some pretty significant influences from important people in our life. Would that be true? Very much so. By definition.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Are you, are you looking for names? I keep point? throwing
1: this ball in the air and no one's swinging. So, so I. So what was the question? I missed it.
3: <laughs> it wasn't a question.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, we're leaving that in. I would assume that you know we've
0: all had some pretty significant influences that we could look at and say you know these this guy or or this church or this place or this experience in my life or these people they influenced me to be who I am now whether whether for good or for bad you know I mean yeah. you know talk about
2: that for a minute. That's why I'm a fan of youth pastors because my youth pastor made a big impact on my life. He's kind of like a dad to me. And then my senior year he left cuz I split the youth group. That was what? my way of repaying him. Oh yeah, it's a What? I did. I split the youth group. Is this group coming out on year. on the podcast? It's it's common knowledge. It was a girl thing and anyways, it was oh. stupid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You know when somebody
1: I'm, starts down a line and then can, all you see in their I, face, yeah. retreat, retreat. Yeah, yeah. Can I
0: pause? Like, can we just stop talking about what we were going to talk
2: about? I need to hear the story. Does Melissa know this story? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She wasn't the girl. I man. got the girl and split the youth group, and then we got engaged, and the engagement was broken off. Yes, bad thing.
0: Wow. Man, I feel like you're but like, I'm the way glad. you brought that up, I feel like you're living it as if it were like three days ago, man. That was like really
3: uh, fresh for you. That happens when you get to his age.
2: No, I just feel <laughs> bad. I And my first youth pastor, I, I yeah, I was But he had, But pastor. he had an influence on in your life for the good. Oh, very much so, my and youth you pastor. And you kicked him out. Pastor Jim. Man. Um, no, he's forgiven me. I've, I've. Yeah, I've got some teenagers. My, my I younger given days, from my days, in fact, as you I've been told our church used to do Mother of the Year. Uh huh. Yeah, and my mom was an awesome mom. She was a single parent mom, and she never got Mother of the Year. And I found out later it was because of me. Oh my <laughs> goodness! <laughs> when her in youngest, reality she should have got child. Mother of the Year yeah, every year. Her youngest right? child was two. edgy. And they always said I was headed for the pulpit or for the penitentiary. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That's, I I know a kid like that. Um, so the issue that we want to kind of get into this, this podcast is should we regulate influence? You know, we live in a world that are, that is filled with influencers. That's what they call themselves. You've got the online influencers and people literally, you ask them, what do you do? I'm an influencer for preachers, for uh, independent Baptist preachers, really all preachers. But, but for us, what we want to really kind of zone in on here, I think is, is there a, is there a limit? Should we, should we regulate influence?
3: Why do we read the Bible?
0: Because it's profitable.
3: Why is it profitable?
0: Because God says it's profitable.
3: Okay. I, I'm not going to argue with that answer. <laughs> I'm not um, sure where you're going. spiritual food. <laughs> it, it influences us. Because it us. influences uh, us. It influences yeah. us, right? Right. And so we, we go to it regularly because we want it to influence us. It's Correct. the word of God. So the more time we spend with God, the more we think like God, mm-hmm. the more we feel like God the, we God, the more we love God, the more we love what God loves, the more we care about the things he cares about. The more time we spend with him, the more he rubs off on us, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so that's why the sweetest Christians, you know, are the ones who've walked with God for decades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. If if that's undeniably true, and it is, why were the apostles such great men? Who'd they spend time with? Jesus. Right? Best Bible college ever. Right. For all of their carnality, for all their immaturity, they spent time with him, and and it shows in the book of Acts and in the New Testament. So that being said, for me to think, for me not to consciously plan who I allow to influence me, is foolhardy because they are going, I'm going to become like them. They're going to move me in a direction. Well, and I think the, the scripture, he that walketh with wise
0: men shall be wise and a companion of fools shall be destroyed. I think that's probably the most powerful verse, but it also lends itself um, maybe to our discussion today. We want to talk about the two ditches, right? That's kind of how we, we address these topics. Well, sure. One of them is, I think on one side is let anyone influence you. And that's the that's the mm. the mantra of the day, right? Let's let's be influencers. Let's be influenced. Let's you know you've got podcasts of which we are now part of one. Uh, we you've got YouTube channels. You've got you've got social media. You've got um, you know books and and authors and and all of that. None of those inherently sinful or inherently bad, but they certainly do lend itself to a an inclusion, right? An over inclusion of influence to the point where now you know it's. Back, how do I put this? Back in the day, um, there was a lot of preaching, you know, guard your friendships, guard your relationships, all that before social media. Right. Now, man, you you can, you can be, you can be a hermit and be influenced by, by key people.
2: Yeah. And your phone. If parents don't guard against that, you can really let your children be influenced by many fools I mean, if they're getting a steady dose of YouTube, of whatever they want, and TikTok, and Snapchat, and, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all of that, you are, you are letting them get poured into them, you know, the influence of fools. Okay. It's very but, but dangerous. It's-
1: it's not even the just like the the clownish elements in society like you tend to get with TikTok, and just all of the crazy challenges you get you know there are serious people and serious teachings that are false teachings and so i think the danger is is not having any discernment at all and letting anything and everything influence you but by the same token it's not admitting that things can influence you right and i think that's where a lot of young people are um, I think one of the definitions of, of the simple ones in proverbs is, is to be open-minded. How does that translate to ministry now, pastoring? Um,
3: you know, oh, us, it, us it, four. it makes the consequences of doing this wrong much bigger. Okay. Because okay, if if the devil gets a hold of you, he impacts your family, he impacts your your, your children, he, he impacts your church. The larger of an influence you have, mm-hmm. the worse position you're in when the influences on you are bad because mm-hmm. that influence trickles through you onto someone else. Right. So that's why when you're in ministry, it's even more important that you guard your influences because you are in turn influential.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to say this being the youngest guy in the room though. How, how do you, how do you regulate influence appropriately? How do you keep from being too open without having kind of a boogeyman complex? You know what I mean? Everything's the boogeyman and, and that kind of thing. Let, let's just Let's give each other's personal perspective you know where where are you getting your influence from now?
3: why don't you answer that first because you've thought that through
0: Tom Brennan, Martin Wickens <laughs> and Steve Brudnick, apparently um, no you know I mean really I get I get influenced I guess if we're talking about just the people that I feel free to be myself around you no know, f- fellow pastors if we're talking about where I'm in getting influence from for my preaching ministry, my pastoring ministry. No, I'm not talking about
3: who. I'm talking about how do you decide that. That's what's more important than the who. Hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. How you process that, how you make that decision, because that's what will drive all the rest of the who's, so to speak, going forward.
1: That's the second youngest on the podcast. Can I answer that? <laughs> yes, please. I wasn't sure where you were going with it. Steve. No, go ahead. Well, I think key for me is being grounded on what I know. On you know, we talked about recently the fundamentals, and you know, and I'm glad for my my pastor and a couple of pastors I had growing up who who grounded me in the the fundamentals, and they they trained me how to think. They didn't just tell me think this. They told me this is how right. you right. you interpret. This is how you. Such the scriptures my pastor memorized the word and you know i don't know that i'm ever going to know the amount of scripture he knew um and so i think having been grounded in truth it's then helped me to filter out things as i've gotten older and as the the the, the wider circle of influences come to me you know i run it through that that filter of what i'm
3: grounded upon mm-hmm. does that kind of answer your question at all tom Um, Yes. The better you know the word of God, the better shape you're in. And the more you study it and the more you know what you believe, the better shape you're in, which is why Mm -hmm. the older you get, and this is my opinion, and I'm really interested in Russ's response to this because Mm -hmm. I really want his perspective here. This is why the older you get, the less important it is that you screen your influences because you have such a wealth of built up residual positions so to speak mm-hmm. where you study this out in the so you are plus the older you get the less changeable you are.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So and, and this sounds like I'm criticizing being young. I'm not. Um, does it sound like I am, Russ? No. No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: I, I think no, you're right. it really doesn't. Yeah. But I think I think what I'm uh, thank you for giving me a little time to to think there Martin by answering that question, but I think I'm I'm looking for a more narrow question to answer. Does that make sense? Like, you're asking me how, as a young man in ministry, how do I screen my influences, Yeah, which would mean how do I decide, um, you know, that's going to influence me or that's not going to influence me when I'm active on social media, um, I pastor a church, um, that kind of thing. Well, I think, okay, so Martin answered the one thing about the biblical principle, you know, being rooted in scripture and knowing what the Bible says. Um, The other thing is, and, and a lot of that, actually, I'm not just stealing your answer, but I'm thankful that my parents didn't make me but kind of gave me, you know, encouragement to read the Proverbs as a young man. Because yeah, when I read the right. proverbs, like I, I, they're so familiar to me, right. and I don't read them like I should now. I don't read a proverb a day right now. That's not in my habit right now. But when I do, I go, "Oh man, yeah, this is this is familiar to me."
3: You start to see it in people.
0: Oh, you you absolutely mm. do. And I did a series um, early on, which I probably would would never go back and preach those notes again. You know how that is. You know yes, when you first we, started. We all do yes, We know it, right? that is. Yes. But but I thought the idea was something worth repeating sometime, which is I just preached on the people of proverbs. Ah, yeah, you know the wise, the fool, yeah. the simple, and there's a bunch more in there. Mm. Um, so I think that then that translates then into a lot of what I allow to influence me. I look at someone's spirit. Mm. I look at their prevailing attitude. I look at especially what their where what makes them angry. Um, I look at I look at their their willingness to be respectful of those they disagree with. That's um, good. I look I look at how they respond under pressure, like when they're questioned. Um, you're and,
3: looking at if they're living the Book of Proverbs. Yeah, in a sense, right with, without
0: being critical, I, I'm not. I'm not meaning that I'm, I'm analyzing everyone. I don't analyze everyone,
2: do I, Steve? Only uh, some. Yeah, you're pretty good at that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, well, I think as well, another filter is choosing where you want to go. Mm-hmm, thank you. So I'm interested in, you know, I, I want to write. A book or books. And so I look to Tom Brennan, author of such books as Free From Sin and Schizophrenic. Um, You know, so I kind of look at your model and I, you know, I'd listen to you when you talk about your study methods and, and so on. So I think you, you know, you look at someone and you think, okay, is where they are, where they've been, where they're going... Do I want to go down that path? Mm-hmm. And so it's looking back, but
0: also oh, yeah, looking consider ahead. the consider right. the end of a thing. I uh, mean, you're looking at someone who's further ahead in life than you. I, yeah.
3: I think that is an expansion of what you said about mm-hmm. proverbs. It's looking down the road, which right. is which is prudence, seeing what's coming. And and many people, when they choose, even consciously or unconsciously, who influences them, they only look at where that person who's influencing them is now. Mm-hmm. They don't look at where that person is going, and and see. Here's the thing: you don't. Let's take books for example. You don't read a book, you read an author and that author is taking you somewhere. And so before you choose that author, you have to say to yourself, where is this guy? If I read him, where's he going to take me? Mm-hmm. Not just where's he at, but where's he going? That, and that is a great thing that I wanted to actually get into on this because let, let's just ask the question.
0: all right? Let's start with reading. Um, I know some, of, some among us have the mentality or the idea that we should read Dead Guys. Tom. Only, only, only dead, dead guys. The only author <laughs> in the room wants us to read dead guys. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. But, Hashtag guilty. <laughs> but I've but I've heard that before. And in, instead of taking offense to that and saying, "Well, they're trying to, you know, censor my my you know ability to to read people or or whatever," I go, "Okay, why why do they say that?"
3: Okay, can I can I back up on that for a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Is that how that's perceived by well, by your yes, age that we're trying I to will, censor?
0: Yes, it is. And, and I'm not saying that that's what you're saying, but that is in many cases how young men perceive what that philosophy is.
3: So how do I, if I hold that position and I want to teach that position, mm-hmm. how do I do it without coming across like I'm, because I don't, I'm not trying to say I want to censor you.
0: Well, I don't know. I, I, I want think, you to self-censor. I, yeah, right. But here, you know, and so like the guys who say that, um, they write books, so I can't read your book.
3: Well, that's fine, honestly. If you don't read my books and you no, don't no, read no, Martin Lloyd-Jones, I'd uh, be thrilled.
0: No, that's the, that's the point. I want to read your book. So that doesn't make sense to me as a young man. I need, I need a little bit more clarification because I, I think I know where you're going with it, and, and I say in general.
3: Okay, so here's, here's the reason. It goes back to what Martin was just saying about where they're going. Right. When you read a living author, you can guess where he's going to go. Mm-hmm. All right, I have one of the worst books in, in, my, in my office. It's Yancey's uh, What's So Amazing About Grace. It's absolutely wretched. I mean, just horrible. But you can see hints in that book, which you wrote in the, in the 90s, of where he's at now. Right. But now looking back 25 years after he wrote the book, you can say, okay, so his theology led him to the place of accepting homosexuality and, you know, that that sort of thing. Mm. You can see where that theology led him because he's 25 years past it. Right. So the beauty of a dead guy is you can look at the whole of his ministry. So this is why, for example, I won't read Charles Finney. Okay. Even though you know I've got some books by him in my office and they're well recommended, but I know where he ended up in his ministry. I know he ended up with didn't believe in eternal security, a whole round of people getting saved over and over again, threw out the doctrine of original sin. You know, his his doctrinal ending was disastrous. I don't want to end up where he ended up, and I can see that because he's dead. So I guess the, the hashtag
1: is only read dead guys. The principle is, right. you know, let yes, them the be principle. seasoned enough in the faith that you know— where they're going and especially i think for younger guys because i remember back in was it 20 2008 or something when the shack came out and Mm -hmm. everybody loved Mm -hmm. it and i had a couple of young guys in in the church i was pastoring who bought a bunch was handing them out and i was like whoa whoa, let's you know let's back up on this let's check it out i would have been 28 yeah um and so yeah i think you know and so i i agree with the the principle you know you let them be seasoned. Let's see, let them establish themselves. And, you know, even Paul talks about, you know, not, you know, lay hands suddenly on no man. And there's a reason for it. Like, don't, don't bring them into the ministry before they're ready. And, you know, that's going to vary. I don't think you can put a chronological magic number on it. Yeah, that's exactly right. But then the
0: question is, is it right? Is it the right way to say what you're trying to say when you say,
3: Re dead guys. It gets attention, doesn't it?
0: It does get attention, but, but which is it's
3: slightly pragmatic. It, it is very that's, <laughs> that, that's that's your <laughs> yeah, 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 that that's the podcast for now. That is a full shadow. I mean, there's a
2: biblical principle. Second Timothy three fourteen, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Correct. And it is important who that we know who we learn them right. from. Hebrews thirteen, oh. whose
3: faith follow. yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. considering the end, end. of their conversation. Exactly. That's exactly. Maybe I should phrase it that way. Yeah.
1: So I've kind yeah. of had a question in my mind for the oldest amongst us, and I don't say that out of any kind of derogatory way because I believe we should respect our elders. Um, and, you know, the Proverbs talks about, you know, the, the gray-headed one. Um, so how do you, as an older person... Um, balance that acknowledgement of someone needed to improve themselves, but also encouraging younger people to to strive to be an influence? Because again, the other side of it is let no man despise thy youth. Now, again, I think Timothy wasn't, you know, some 12-year-old, you know, preacher kid on a box behind right. a pulpit. He was more like a 25-year-old man at that point. Yeah. But, you know, how do you give opportunity to the younger ones to speak
2: into your life I, I while think not that... letting it be in too much of an influence. Sure. I think the verse you just quoted to me unwraps the influence of younger people. And I, I'm i not old yet, just for the record, I'm middle age. I'm just older, gonna, just older. older. Middle age if you um, live to 120. But let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example. Right. So to me, if a younger person wants to make an impact or an influence, it's not with their mouth It's with their example, it's the way they're living. It's their life. And, you know, back and we covered this, I think on one of our previous podcasts that, you know, know, well, we did in the very first one, our intro podcast about when I was younger, there was this young fundamentalist movement and all these young guys are going to save us. And, and we hear that. And there's recent blogs about the, you know, the young, the new IFB, the young fundamentalists and all that. And, you know, I'm thankful for young guys. I'm thankful for Brother Russ, but when I was young, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't trying to say, "Listen to me." You know, I wanted to learn yeah. from older people. Yeah, and, you know, and then I wanted to live and be an example. And it blows my mind. And I trust me, I was, I was a mess of a college student. But I, I, I was at a preacher's meeting. Um, I don't know, 10 years ago. And I had someone I went to college with. I barely remembered his name. He's a great guy. And he's like, I want to just thank you for your example in college. And I was thinking I was a dirtball. You know, I don't know. But but I did take a stand because even in Bible college, you know, not everyone wants to live for God. Um, Mm. And to me, you've got to live the example. So, So you bring up the
0: generation wars, basically, in kind of what you said. And and there's something about that that I think is worth saying respectfully as a young guy. And that is that ministry is unique, okay. In that you're young until you're not, which is a very gray line. Like where is that area? Where is the line? It's it's not definitive. I think it's About forty nine. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like <laughs> like. But but let me explain a little bit further, right? So in ministry, I'm I'm thirty three years old. I've pastored for seven years. Uh, youth pastor for three years before that, assistant pastor. So you know, about ten years in ministry, thirty three years old, um, and and I'm I will be the young guy for a long time. If I go to a meeting, if, you know, oh, man, I'm good to see it young preachers. It leaves quicker than that, you know. Well, no, that's fine. But the point is this, that if I were to go try to uh, maybe apply to be a policeman right now, they go, I don't know, you're a little old. Uh, uh, an NBA player who's 33 years old, yeah, he's he's about done, you know, unless he's just uh, got the physique of a Michael Jordan or a LeBron oh, James, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Shout
2: out to Tom Brady right here, by the way. Yeah, yeah still okay. So
0: everybody's like, oh, my goodness, he's so old. What is he, 41.
1: But that's no, why it he gets mentioned because
0: he's the exception, not the rule. Yeah, right, 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 so so in a lot of fields, you know, if you were to go join the military right now, they'd be like, no way, you know, I mean, there'd be things about me that would be too old. Now, ministry, I think young guys get a little frustrated and we need to be better at working through this um, at not knowing at what point do they do they cross the line of, of young or old, and it's, it is peer pressure, it is for sure kind of a, a complex issue. Um, because they're ready I, to influence and they
1: can be
2: a good influence. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh-huh. they are older than some people. Yes. In the sense that they can influence somebody younger. Yes. And it it really is be thou an example. And it's it's that you don't seek recognition. You don't seek to be acknowledged. You don't. Sit around and complain. Oh, they're not having any of us. Russ's Preachs face is conference. speaking volumes it's, at that's the moment. Fine. I want to hear <laughs> what his voice yeah, has that's, to say. That's fine. That's good. But I'm going to tell you right
0: now, it's not that we're seeking recognition. It's we're being told, sit down and shut up. That's the perception. Yeah. Right. Understood. You know what I right. mean. Right. Sure.
2: So, and so I would, I would just answer. So, what are young guys my age doing? If you're, if you're a young guy of faith, take yeah. a lesson from the Cyphoreanesian woman. When Jesus said it's not meat to give food from the children's table and give it to dogs, what did she say? Oh, now I'm not offended at all.
1: No. <laughs> I I mean, so have you just been relegated yeah. from being a child yeah. to being a yeah.
2: dog? Yeah. Were you hey, making yeah, a I
0: point? Think I you're digging dog. your deeper you over that? there, No, no, no.
2: I'm trying to make a point. <laughs> I it's know, like, yeah. why do you care? Yeah. In, in so words, does a porcupine? If, if so, your whole desire, you know, fine. if your whole desire <laughs> is. To be an influence and to make an impact, but that's not what my does it point. Matter, but how don't they you treat remember you? being being that, thirty yeah. and
3: being frustrated that nobody would listen to you? Because no. I remember that. Hold on, no, I, don't, I know not I don't remember that. I know guys in their I, late thirties. To me, 30s. I never sought that.
0: Okay, I know guys in their late thirties who are frustrated about this because, and it's not, yes. and, and I want to be. I want to be respectful. I am not mad at. The, if there's anyone who's not mad at the older generation, it's me. I have worked very, very hard in my own spirit, right, to be respectful, um, to be, to honor that. And just to say, I'm not overlooking anything. I'm just understanding that, you know what, one day I'm going to be, I'm going to be older as well. And I may be facing some of the same battles, internal turmoil, whatever. But for a young guy who is being told, you know what, uh, you don't need to be an influencer. Influencer, you need to be an example. I know what you're saying. It's scriptural in the sense that the young man is supposed to be an example, but look back at, okay, let's look at examples in history. Guys my age were getting things done. And now, maybe, and maybe that's the key. I mean, look at all the founders of our country. Martin, <laughs> we'll fill you in on that later. Uh, look at all of them, you know, the signers of, of the documents and all that, who many of them were in their 30s or early 40s. Look at, look at how much, you know, that, that's the kind of thing that a young guy my age wants to be able to, we wanna go, we wanna be able to push the gas. We wanna mm-hmm. push the accelerator. And a lot of times, just just throwing it out there, a lot of times we get our wrists slapped uh, or our license taken away altogether. So, so,
3: <laughs> so help me understand. As sure. a guy who who I, I want to minister to young men, mm-hmm. that's my stated reason for being here, and my real reason for being here. Mm-hmm. How do I navigate that in such a way as not to not to alienate the very audience that I'm trying to minister to? How how do I how do I minister to people who who feel like I'm being condescending? Hmm. I think it's. Do you want me to explain what condescending means? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't I love resist it. that. It was, I, love I set it. it up and hit it over myself, all by myself. Yeah,
0: you know, there there is there are two sides of the coin here. But while I want you to understand how people my age feel, I also want my generation to kind of loosen up a little bit and not be so hmm. sensitive. Um, and we want the same thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I I understand that. There there are some things. It's like okay. I think if they're upset, they gotta get over themselves. I couldn't mean I guess it go the other that's way. What I was gonna say yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. And see they that's the say. thing. That that's the thing about all yeah. of life. You worry about you. It's like I don't despise young guys. Personal at all. responsibility. I don't despise young guys. Because and I didn't despise the older generation. In fact, my suggestion to the young guys is hang around older, when I was young, when I was in Bible college, if there was an open chair at the table, the professors were eating lunch and the, and the college president was eating lunch, uh-huh. I'd say, can I sit there? And oh, I think every time, but maybe lunch But they once, love that. No, I'm just kidding. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I sat there and probably said some stupid stuff, but, but you, I listened to you them. you do bring up
0: a good point that applies across all generational lines, and that is personal responsibility. My parents taught me, I was getting ready to say this, my parents taught me to be responsible for my attitude. Mm-hmm. That was different than being responsible for my actions. More important, it was more important, yeah, because mm-hmm. from my attitude stems my actions, and so for, from that, that's why I really don't get bothered by a lot of this stuff—the generational well, stuff, the older generation things they might say occasionally. So,
3: so can I can I throw this at you then? Sure. If if I want to influence mm-hmm. young men in ministry, yeah, if my attitude is perceived, if, and it needs to be genuine, obviously, right? But if it's perceived as being not lecturing. But rather, ministering. Yeah. Does that help?
0: Yes. Yes, it does. If if you if you express desire to have relationship with me.
3: Oh, that's good. If you and
0: mm-hmm. if, if I can
3: read that in you. That's good.
0: Then I am much more likely. The people who have influenced me the most as a young man, and I could list them. I don't know if we're going to do that on this podcast or not. But they took time for me, and and it that's it wasn't good. that. The other side of it is, you know, counsel in the heart of man is like a deep well. Um, a man of understanding will draw it out, right? So I, had, I have to learn how to ask the question. I have to learn to go after it. But the people who I call call me back if they don't answer. The people who I text respond and they're the ones who end up influencing me. Right. You know, I'll just list one, I'll say one, I don't think it's a controversial thing at all. Arby Willett. I've known Brother Willett for
1: 20 years. You know my biggest problem with him? His name? I can't R- say his name. French. RB. I just, I just can't pronounce it like my f- I can't frame. Ooulette? What's his first why why would you just Is, use his, his, his initials? Name's his first name's Rene. Man, that's even yeah. No, he's a great man. I'm just I'm just giving you a hard time. To now it. I am gonna be in trouble. I, I'm so but old. I remember back. In the I've day been influenced
3: when He by was Renee
1: Ouellette.
0: Oh yeah. Fact, Could we oh, yeah. stop
3: interrupting the young man? My while he finishes first.
0: expressed desire to allow me to finish my sentence. I'd appreciate it. No, I'm just kidding. You <laughs> should sit ahead. down and be quiet. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> like, shut up. You do, no, no, you dog. I, just to be clear, I appreciate him and his ministry. I, I, I'm just I, I, you know so, messing so with his he, name. He is one who, when I was a young man in my as a teenager. He expressed interest in me. He encouraged me. And, mm. and he's not, I mean, the guy's busy. He's not, yep. uh, he's not flying to my city to sit down and talk to me. I mean, I call him. I'll go to him. That He'll come preach for me once a year and that kind of thing. But I get way more out of sitting down a Cracker Barrel in the morning than I do sitting under his preaching at night. And that's why I have him in. And that's, you know, my grandfather had him in every year. And I keep having him in because... Well, the one feeds into the other, doesn't it? The yes, personal... It
1: He's feeds into yeah, the His, preaching and his faithfulness, universe,
0: he, I think he pastored for 40 years at his church. He retired. He's on the road in evangelism. He's faithful. He's got a lot of wisdom. But I'll sit down and ask him questions, and, and he starts the answer usually by saying, well, the Bible says. And then from there, he says, based on that, I think you could do X, Y, or Z. And those are things that, I mean... I can, I can sit down with a pad of paper or an iPad, you know, a list of things that I want to run by him. And if he doesn't know the answer, he'll say, I don't know. But if he does say, I think maybe this, he'll tell me he takes time for me. He's expressed interest in me. And that doesn't mean that he's fawning over me. That just means that if I reach out, he's willing to be a that's, part of, of the equation. So I think that goes back to Tom's question is that when young people engage that there needs to be this, you know, I know we kind of get all over my generation for being sensitive, but sometimes we do feel like we get slapped in the face when we come,
1: you know, asking for a conversation. I think that's where you need meekness and confidence on, you know, both sides and, you know, humility and confidence on both sides. Right. But I think the one should have more of one than the other. So the younger needs to have confidence and and humility. And when the older generations say, hey, well, think about it this way. Right. They need to like maybe tone down the confidence and listen with humility. But then so too the older generation, they need to have the humility to to listen when it's coming the other way, but then respond with meekness and say, okay, I hear what you're saying. And you know, you might have something there, but let's let's talk about it.
2: I think you hit on the point that it's it's a heart issue and it is a matter of whether you're looking to promote yourself or you're looking to impact someone else and if you want to be noticed as a young guy i think that's a problem but i do think you, know you should what, be though? looking no hang on i think you should be looking to get influenced and looking to learn looking to grow and looking to do all that god's called you to do and as you're an older guy you're 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 just looking again to old, even older guys and it's it's a matter of You know, self-promotion is tacky on every level. When do you go from being a young guy to an old guy? I'll tell you, you know, it's funny you bring that up because, I don't know, it was about a year or two ago, I got a call from a preacher in his 30s, early 30s, Mm-hmm. And he's like asking me questions. And it was like in yeah. the middle of the phone conversation, yeah, I was kind of like,
3: it just happens. They, I'm getting the, they tell you, I'm an older, you know, they, they, and they, I remember they when tell you, they say, 40. I want advice from an older preacher. And all of a sudden you're on that end of the phone call. Yeah. It just happens. I, when I was 42, like, okay, I went to a
2: preacher's it. meeting with about 20 preachers there. And besides one of the speakers, I was the oldest guy there. And, and, and I, I it was think like, the answer also whoa. comes that, that it's recognized by people
0: younger than you, not older than you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But Steve,
2: yeah. I'm, not,
0: I'm not challenging you. I'm not even saying you're mm-hmm. wrong. I'm pushing back on something because you're saying, you know what? Self-promotion is tacky and young guys need to get that through their head. Okay, but- Old but, guys need to get that through their okay. head And, and that's fine to say too. But let me just say this, that that truth doesn't solve the, the generational conflict that we're having today because it, while it may be accurate, what you're saying, and, and biblically accurate, it doesn't address what's going on in the heart of younger men. It doesn't do that. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. can tell me all day, you know what, just get over it. And by the way, I respond to when people who I respect tell me that it's usually because I need it. I'm 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 more OK with that than some, I think, because they'll say, you know what, man, this is what you need to hear. And as long as that's not happening all the time, I can accept that very well. However, as a general rule among the generation that I find myself in, the millennial generation, that truth does nothing to get me from point A to point B at, to a resolution. Because it doesn't address how I hate to say well, it this way. I am not. This is. I feel like I'm contradicting myself over and, <laughs> over and over and over again. Because this is not. I don't like a victim complex whatsoever. But it doesn't address the
2: way we feel. Well, yeah. And you I can't, you, I can't all change. People, you have all people, I cannot change the way you, you know what feel. I'm talking about right now. Well, I, I, I can't change the way you feel in right. the sense that. You know, I, I so heard, telling me to stop feeling that way is doc, not working. Doctor Flanders, <laughs> Doctor Rick Flanders, is a friend of mine. He said to me years ago, he's like, I I didn't I didn't have big shot preachers in, and then he listed preachers that he had had in, and it's like people that you very well know. And he said, well, I did have one big shot preacher in, and it didn't go very well. And what he the point he was getting across was that there there is a mentality. There is like I want to be served. I I want to get recognition you know it's like and i think that's it it's it's have a servant's heart and you know say the dogs eat the crumbs fall from the rich man's table i, well, I i'm sorry but that's yeah, see, I think a hard thing i think it, we've it kind of back
1: steve into a corner a little bit because he you yeah. know you wait wait we, steve Rudnick. Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Not, not PH. Got it. Old Steve, not new Steve. Um, so, you know, <laughs> is we, we've- Is
0: that how this is going to go now?
1: No, no. PH- These are evolving. For us. <laughs> no, but like, you know, we, we've kind of backed you into a corner. You're, you're kind of discussing a point from that perspective and, and you are gracious. You do listen and, yeah. and on occasion I've even heard you apologize for things, but- you know, I apologize there, a lot. <laughs> there is the- uh, <laughs> uh, is that room for
2: more? <laughs> the the keyboard is, is to to apologize. Is <laughs> I make a lot of stupid things. Just, yeah. So Anyways. like, you know,
1: we are kind of like setting you up to fight a certain point. But this is this is what I wonder. Like so if someone listens to that and and they say, okay, you know what, I'm I'm not going to be heard here. And then, as we've seen, they then move to another camp. They're like, okay, well, right, right. I, I don't have yeah. opportunity here. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't respect that. No, go I don't, somewhere somewhere I no, don't, I don't but, think it's
0: right. But it happens, and it's yeah. worth. It. We need to we need to acknowledge that it's happening, and we need to do what we can. Yeah. So how
1: do we how do we kind of bridge that that position of saying, okay, you need some humility to. To sit and, and learn and be ready, while at the same time giving them opportunity to shine. You know, the, the Levitical priesthood, they didn't get to serve until they were twenty five, but they were done at fifty. Right. And mm-hmm. I think there are a number of reasons for that. Yeah. But, you know, how do we transition them in and give them opportunity and encourage them and say, you know what, you've you've got value, you know, and um yeah.
3: not not well, and that's biblical, right? Let no man despise their youth. Correct. Yeah.
1: Right. And, and so we want to kind of have that balance and said look, you don't need to run over here to this different camp, you know, there's a place for you here.
3: If I could summarize what Russ was saying earlier, when he, when he mentioned that about building a relationship, mm-hmm. that statement I heard many, many years ago, I don't know who originally said it, but it's very good. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, how much you care. Mm-hmm. And I think when you, I think when you're the older, older influencer, since that's our topic, seeking to, to, to minister to younger men if you don't genuinely care, A, and B, if they don't feel that, mm-hmm. right? Because you kept talking about how you feel yeah. and you worded it clunky in yep. the sense of, it sounded almost like you were criticizing the Bible, but I know your heart was not. right. But somehow I have to find a way to minister to men in your generation in a way that genuinely comes across like I care about them. Mm-hmm. And and I think when you do that, I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with guys after writing schizophrenic who reach out to me and say, I'm a young man, I was I was you know, mad at the independent Baptist movement. I've got I've got dozens and dozens of emails like this and built lots of relationships that began that way, who said, you know, I, I, I all I saw was the negative until you wrote this and now you've you've really helped me and and it's that sense of of someone who came alongside and said you know, can I explain something to you? Can I answer some questions for you? Can I, can I try to be a blessing to you that really helped them? Does that make sense? Oh yeah,
0: absolutely, mm. absolutely. Well, okay. So going back to what Tom said, first of all, th- that's a that's a good thing for us young guys to remember is there's nothing new, right? Everything that happens has happened before, and that's why I'm not quickly moved. Like that's not why I'm looking for a different camp, if you will, in in quotes. Um, I'm I'm not looking for a different stripe. I'm not looking for, you know. I'm not disillusioned with my with my history with my heritage, so much so that I got to go somewhere, right? Because yeah. because I know that what goes around comes around. It's gonna it's going to cycle through and and just stay put long enough, and it'll be back. And
2: you know? and that hits on something that we mentioned earlier, and that is being grounded. And if you're grounded, any frustration you may have in you know I'm being despised for being young then it's not going to cause you to run off to another, you know, and, and dump fundamentalism or whatever. Right. And, you know, and I think that's why I have a desire to kind of push back against that mentality that somehow as independent fundamental Baptists. We don't care about young guys. Young guys don't matter or anything like that. I don't think anything can be further from the truth. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm looking for a young guy to hire right now, in fact. So, you know, the fact of the matter is that, you know, we need to um, be grounded and the heart issue is so important that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm.
3: See, I, Brenak, this- I, I feel very much the way you feel about, and maybe I shouldn't even say this because it might like attack myself, but I feel very much frustrated with the whole mindset of I'm young, listen to me. At, at sure. my age, yeah. I, I feel frustrated with that. In, in my heart, that's how I feel. But in my head, I know I can't. I can't let how I feel rule me. I have to. I have to overrule that. I have to live differently. See, I have lot, to listen. I have to. I have to mentor. I have to. I'm a lot more
2: heartless on that because when I was a young guy, I I thought the same way. I thought now, I thought, why? What? And again. It was like I was thrown as a young man into that whole young fundamentalist movement, and it was like, "Oh, listen to the young guys!" And I'm okay, like, let, "I'm around young guys. Okay, They're let me morons." Throw this at you. <laughs> and I'm not <laughs> calling, I'm not calling young. I don't think Brother
3: Russ is a moron. I'm not calling the. I, did, I'm just did, saying that the whole Jesus, mentality. Did Jesus listen to the apostles? Yeah shouldn't we listen to young men?
2: Yes. I, I'm not saying don't listen to them. Boy, Jesus tolerated saying, a lot. I, I <laughs> would say this, that there are different circles. True words, never spoken. I, I, know, right? get, I, I might get myself in trouble. Maybe I don't know. There are different circles in independent fundamental Baptist world. And the, I guess the circles I run in and stuff, I don't, I, I see young guys preach and be used and, you know,
1: Yeah, I think there's principles in discipleship and and mentoring whereby, and we may have to do like a second podcast on more general influencing because I think we drifted into the old and the young influencing each other um, and how you filter that through. But, you know, very often the people that you can invest in the most and who invest in you in return are the ones you've opened up to. Yeah, it it does end up being that way. And you used to be a salesman, um, Steve. And so you probably got taught that, if you were going to sell something, you needed to open up to them and then they open up to you. And once you've got that relationship, you know, so, you know, I think, and, and I'm not talking about being a salesman in our discipleship methods, but it's a principle that works that it's relationship, it's relationship. Yep. Um, and so I think there's got to be this generational cooperation. You know, I, I value the, the old dead guys approach and I think there's good in that. Um, but I think sometimes there is the danger of rose-tinted glasses. And, and so we kind of look back and we see more good than there is and less bad than there was. But I think there's got to be generational cooperation. But I think we're living in a time when there's more generational suspicion. Um, and we've got to allow both old and young to influence and influence us in measure. And that's where I think we've got to develop those those filters. Um, and, you know, it's I, I think it's a balancing act. Yeah, well... Does anybody mind if I
0: close this one out with the letter? Please do. Sounds good. Dear Church, the predominant influences in my life have come through the Church. Having been raised up in a godly home from birth, I can look back and see the tremendous influence Church has had in my life, and not just the organism that is the Church, but the people that make up the Church. As I've grown, the faces have changed, but the story remains the same. Satan loves to divide us. And sadly, we often witness one demographic attacking another and return fire being sent back in the form of harsh criticism or worse, by the rejection of timeless truths. While I think history teaches us this is not uncommon, it certainly should not be acceptable. From my perspective, the greatest influencers of my life have been seasoned men who have taught me the truth and then given me a chance to apply it as the Holy Spirit leads me to do so. In turn, it seems most successful young men in ministry are those who graciously accept both the wisdom and the humanity of their mentors. Hebrews ten twenty four says, And let us consider one another, to provoke unto love and to good works. If we constantly use our platform and our influence to divide and attack, we will never accomplish the mandate of Scripture as God intended. Rather, Let us seek to love one another out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned, as Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1. Yours in Christ, Steve, Tom, Martin, and Stephen.